Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Middle call! Hey, be, hey! Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. If you're watching this on YouTube Live, that's great. Great to have you. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that. I think we're, um, we're this, what's the sub number at here? Are we almost to 17,000? I think is what we're looking at here on the YouTube. Right around the corner, Guy. Yep. Right we are uh, 64 away from 17,000. So let's get there, everybody. I don't like people making fun of my internet here on the chat. I pay top dollar. For one gigabyte, the fastest humanly possible to get. And uh, it typically is pretty good, but sometimes no issues. My, my TV's never buffer when I'm watching. I'm a streamer now. YouTube yeah. TV, Amazon yeah. Prime, no issues. Yeah. Yep. Every once in a while, the internet on what we do pisses me off. But, you know, it is what it is. I saw a thread by um, like a TV, like a guy who's been like a longtime TV kind of you know, expert, I don't know if he's done like in-home entertainment type stuff for people over the years or whatever, but his thing was like the media has done the public a disservice by not really by, by not really covering how the fact that streaming is inferior and in the long term streaming will start to cost more like streaming, you know, your YouTube TVs and that kind of thing. And it's not as reliable as cable is. As someone that's now had YouTube TV, but you've made for, the dive. Mm, you tell me, I, yeah, I've had it for a couple of weeks. I not only think it's it's superior, I, I see no difference, and uh, yeah, I've yet to. I, I haven't noticed anything, and I get all the channels. Yeah, I don't know. He thinks that long term, it'll it'll be more expensive. It won't be any cheaper, but it won't be as reliable. Because sometimes I'll see like YouTube service interruptions, that kind of stuff. But that happens with cable too, so I don't really. Yeah. I don't really know. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dispute that prices will go up over time. That that one's a lock. Yeah. But the the other thing is is like part of the reason I did it was my cable bill Comcast in Walnut Creek peaked at two hundred ninety five dollars, <laughs> and it was like this is including the crazy. internet, right? Yeah, the internet, the cable, the whole thing, the boxes. That's you just pay extra money for boxes. Right, right. I don't know what my number is on YouTube TV, but I have it on multiple televisions. I'll have it on my computer. I, I don't I don't know if there's a number. I think I can stream it as many places as I want. I you I after you told me you got it, I went and did some Googling. I think it said like six. Does that sound right? Like YouTube. Yeah. Well, six is a lot. Yeah. Right. Like six at one time, devices at one time. So if you think about it, if you wanted to do the same for Comcast, the boxes, I guess you could actually get smart TVs and download the app. Yeah. That's what I did but in I don't, my room know how well that works is that just as good yeah it works pretty well okay. yeah I, i've seen i i think this i would guess he's a little older gentleman i i do think he's underestimating now if you get the lowest internet yeah you might have some issues but i think in modern day society if you're not getting the highest internet that's that's a you problem 
Well, but I do think it's uh, still the majority of the population does not have 500 gigabits download speeds. That's right. The majority of the population. There's a reason because I asked a TV guy the other day. I was like, I know it sound, this is going to be a stupid question, but is being having a game like why is it that having a game on ABC, NBC or CBS is still so much more highly rated than on cable? And he's like, well, you're right. It's just it's an obvious answer. Because way more people still have those channels, but don't have the cable channels. As crazy as it sounds, one of the reasons those are higher rated is because a lot of people have, everybody has those channels. My pushback to him would be then, I would guess that the demo of the Channel 10, 13, ABC, CBS, then that you they demand having that channel skews higher, right? Well, there's no question. But I mean, again, the question was just why is is there some trick as to why those things rate higher? And he's like, nope, yeah. because more people than you think have like bunny ears or whatever is required. And, and I, I, that makes perfect sense. And I would imagine right. Everyone will have 500 gigabyte da- gigabit download speeds, but the majority of the population just doesn't right now. Well, if you think about like, did you so see when, their- when some somebody who doesn't have that asked, what's the best thing for me if I don't want interruptions, you know, there was a headline the other day that like by 2024 podcast revenue will be up to like four billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. And if you think about it, I bet right now the difference between radio revenue and podcast revenue still draw right. There's the pie chart is still heavily within radio. Yet I don't know any person like in our demos that don't consume, I run into so many people. If you just start a conversation, they list something there, like, how are you doing? Like, what do you listen to? I'll podcast. It's like, what podcast you listen to? Oh, a ton. Like it's, and these people are all 45 ish and younger. Like it's, it's clear where everything's skewing. Now you still need 20 years for that generation to then be the majority generation. Right. Because uh, still a lot of older people listen to radio, but you know, as Alex Mather, who ran the athletic once said, we're going to bleed them dry. And while he was a little off, not because I, I don't know a soul who reads a newspaper, but like obviously athletic didn't quite wipe them out. They were ultimately purchased by a newspaper. I, I do feel pretty confident that podcast is going to bleed them dry. Podcast incorporating with YouTube and other like it's not. Well, just, there's just no. Yeah, it's not a fair fight. There are some things that are you can see into the future. And I would say that's. And I think Mather was on to something with newspapers. Like, I don't believe when you and I are 65, we will know a soul who gets a newspaper delivered to our house. Just think of it like really fundamentally, right? Like now that information moves as quickly as it does, it doesn't make sense for me to read information that was written at 10 p.m. the night before when it's one o'clock. Just from like a, a sports standpoint, there are some games that go too late for their score to get into the newspaper. Now imagine waking up in the morning going, what was the score of the Warriors game last night? Well, can't find out till two o'clock today when the next edition comes out. Right. Yeah. Like just on a fundamental level, like you lost quickly. Well, not, it, it evolved. I, I don't think there was, to me, there's a difference between like there were, there were um, uh, tactical mistakes versus it was just impossible for the printed word to beat the digital word. It's just that there wasn't an end game. You know, I don't think there was uh It wasn't like he put his army in the wrong spot. Yeah, they didn't make some tactical mistake. They just, that was not going to be, once this thing came, once the bullet came along, the bow and arrow, there was no like, uh, if we market the bow and arrow right, oh, baby, we'll show the, the handgun or run for its money. Like, nah, it just, it couldn't. 
just yeah. couldn't. Well, part of it, right, is why do you have to have it in by nine? Why couldn't? Well, I could never deliver the newspapers at five yeah, the, the way printer. we have to print them out. We yeah. got to print them. We got to go to the printer, and then some kid on a bike's got to ride them through the neighborhood. <laughs> I would like the future where the kid on a bike just throws cell phones at every door. Just think about this: newspapers depended to their success basically every single human back in like the sixties and seventies first job. What'd you do? Deliver newspapers. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Things change. That's all. No, it was changed. a good run. I used to love reading a good newspaper. So did I. Uh, I was at a, a restaurant the other day. It said computers and non, what's the dog called where it's a helpful dog? Uh, comp- uh, support dog, support yeah, animal. Like non-support animal. Like you get this part of the patio. Like just you're over here in the shitty part of the patio because people with computers just sit there for hours. Then I just thought, what if I'm reading the newspaper on my computer I can't sit in the good area, but if I had a newspaper, nobody would kick me out. You know, when we were flying back from Nashville, heavy delays because of a crazy rainstorm. And as we, we were on the plane getting delayed from Nashville to Dallas, this guy's like, yeah, they're often, you know, cause of crazy, you know, just rainstorms that last an hour, but delay everything in Dallas and things always get pushed back. Yeah. Well, by the time we finally got to, you know, Phoenix international, a dog had obviously been delayed, you know, wherever. So the dog really, and the dog couldn't make it. And, you know, on a stretch where it just sat down and took a huge dump because the emotional support animal, there was nowhere for it to go to the bathroom. <laughs> they don't take and, it into the bathroom at the airplane. Well, it was walking, you know? Yeah. I don't oh. know. As Joe Rogan had a good point because he was talking about, he had this family friend, who's a teacher and there was a furry at the school and the furry means you, th- you identify as an animal and they right. put a litter box and Rogan was like, I don't think people realize if we could teach animals to go to the bathroom in the toilet, obviously we all would. And I was like, I've never thought about it like that, but he's right. Like you don't want to have your dog go shit on someone else's grass. They would just take them to the bathroom. Right. Have you ever seen a dog when they're taking a shit? You know, they, so they, it's their weakest they look, moment. So they they look at you. They make eye contact with you because they're they're counting on you to look out for them. But if they had a door they could close and lock, they would just be looking at their cell phone like the rest of them. Uh, I know. Bring an iPad. <laughs> where are you going? Uh, where are you going, Roofie? Uh, I'll be back in ten. <laughs> uh, just looking at the adoptions. You know, I recognize anybody. Meanwhile, the furry's going on the uh, litter box. The guy, Julie's like, you know, there's a bathroom right here. You know, it's like you don't have to do it this way. No, they stole all my they stole my toys while I was in the fucking litter box. Yeah, if the cat could, it would. You know. Uh, also, if you listen to the podcast, go there. Give us five stars. Give us a review. We appreciate that. If you give us two stars and a review, uh, we'll probably read that one too in the mailbag. But we prefer five. We really appreciate that. Uh, we are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, uh, unofficially the official drink of um, Aaron Judge. Uh, I was going to say uh, Mike Pereira, oh, yeah. but of Aaron Judge's uh, next contract, definitely the official uh, drink of Aaron Judge's next contract. Uh, yeah, man, Tito's Handmade Vodka. But right now you can go and uh, get a bottle wherever you want, and you're going to get the highest quality. But you're not going to pay the highest price because at Tito's, John, you're not paying for the bottle. They're not painting it with by hand. They're not uh, frosting the bottle. There's not some some multi-million dollar design company that did it. It's the same label Tito made in 1994 when he invented the shit. And now he's just producing the great vodka all over the world. I, I think when I think of Tito 
and I think of Tito's, and I think of Tito Beverage. I think of and you Kiss. think of Tito's daily too. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid, and yeah. that's what Tito's did. Great product, very simple. Masses love it. Number one vodka in America, like a rocket ship. Everywhere you go, someone if they're drinking vodka, they're drinking Tito's. I, I don't care. From California to New York, down to Bama, up to Seattle. I mean, everywhere. That's why they're number one in America. They've been supporter of this podcast now two years running. We feel honored and uh, grateful, humbled, and just we're users. So we, we we also can't wait to have another drink of Tito's. That's right. Over 20 years ago, Tito's made a 25-year anniversary now. He uh, started by slanging it. At the, he was just giving it away. Someone said, hey, Tito, can you, come, can you come give your vodka away at a fundraiser? And Tito said, sure, I'll do that because that's the kind of guy he is. Tito's company still, big, big fundraisers. And um, and people started loving it. It started to spread and spread and spread. And and now it's the uh, unanimous judge choice double gold medal winner at the World Spirits Competition, the Chairman's Trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. For recipes and more, visit titosvodka.com, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. How about a little background there, huh? Oh, sweet. Uh, we are also brought to you by Manscaped, everybody. Manscaped, Brian Dayballs. Keep them game day ready at manscaped.com with the promo code HAM1, HAM the number one. You get 20% off and free shipping. Lawnmower 4.0s, weed whackers, ball preservers, uh, ball deodorant. They have it all. But I, I, I think what they're most known for is right there the Lawnmower 4.0, LED lighting, USB power cord. Uh, the trimming is incredible. The smooth trim, it's not loud. And I think most importantly for those of us, our, our generation guy that way back in the day, you had to have a plug. So you had to plug in a little something and hopefully mm-hmm. it wrapped to the toilet. Or sometimes you have to grab like a trash can, you know, this thing's wireless. How, how do you beat it? That's right. Wireless, the 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature both. They feature the proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts. Both are waterproof. So that's the other thing that's great with having it be wireless. So now you can keep scaping even as the weather's changing. In addition to shaving, you can completely upgrade your shower routine as well with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two in one shampoo plus conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. So go to manscaped, um, and get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM1. That's HAM numeral one. Um, uh, well, what's H? Uh, 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 hollow Alpha Mary one. Uh, I don't know what H is really, but 20% off free shipping Manscaped when you use HAM1. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunk's time to shine. You ever see the new Top Gun? No. Almost watched it. The guy next to me was watching on the plane the other day. I said, how was it? He said, second time I've watched it today. Like, damn, <laughs> a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, uh, he said it's good. Is it good? I haven't seen it. Oh, I wonder, did he buy it? How did he watch it on the plane? iPad, watch it. No, it was on the it was the free, it was a free movie. Yeah, free movies on Southwest t- a Top Gun Maverick. I told you. Well, I knew they had, t- I knew they had free, free content, but it's usually like Braveheart, you know, the matrix number one, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I didn't know they, they, I mean, that's, that's Maverick. That's, the internship. Yeah. I mean, play the hits. Henry, Henry Elf. says, Scott, uh, Hilo says, Brad, I just read online. It says hotel, hotel for H. I don't know. Hilo. I like Hilo. call signs. Yeah. Hilo, Hilo, Victor, Hilo, Victor, Foxtrot. I actually on our uh, I was on our page 
and you know sometimes the algorithm just throws you all sorts of things. One of the videos and I clicked on it was pirate ship mistakes, uh, like um, you know what's a building ship? No ship carrying, you know, like a bunch of stuff like the carrying ships. Okay. They thought it was cargo? You know, they, cargo yeah, ship? they were gonna they were gonna rob a cargo ship. Yeah. Turned out it was an aircraft carrier, but it just you know, they had taken like a cargo type ship, so you couldn't quite tell. They got the pirates gave up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case of mistaken identity. Yeah. I don't think it was obvious, like there weren't guns hanging off, so they thought it was like a cargo yeah. ship or something. You know, they did not think it was a, a Spanish aircraft carrier yeah. and they lost quick. I've stumbled into a few of those YouTubes. It'll have like 13 million views. It'll be like the most powerful jet engine ever created. I'm like, oh, I'll watch this for eight minutes. And these videos are doing, it'll be the same deal. Like, you know, the worst pirate attempt takeover ever. How many, I bet that thing had 7 million views. What a oh, video that ton. I love a good, like the, the 17 craziest alligator attacks. Like in. <laughs> uh, all right, John, let's, uh, let's talk some, uh, let's talk some ball. Uh, for those of you listening to this podcast or not watching it live, it is Thursday afternoon. Thursday night football is tonight. Most of you consuming this by the numbers, Thursday night football is probably already done, but whatever we can. Here's a little Thursday night trivia question for you. But this, this trivia question works after Thursday night because um, the football team is entering this game. What are they? One and four. They're one and four. Yep. One and They're four. One so and four, even yeah. if, even if riverboat Ron wins tonight, he'll be two and four. Ron Rivera, John. I think the pirates should attack Riverboat. What? 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 The, yeah, there's no, there's no secret uh, attack they're going to get from them. Uh, what do you think? I don't know the best way to ask this. I'll just say this to you. Do you know how many Coach of the Year awards Ron Rivera has? I mean, the way you said it, he feels like he has more than one. That's correct. He has two. He has two. Do you know how many winning seasons he has? Well. The only reason I would guess the number would be lower because when David Tepper was trying to justify the disaster that was his football team, he kind of took some shots at Ron, basically saying they've never had back-to-back winning seasons. So I wonder if the Cam Newton era was probably a little more splashy than it was just some consistent powerhouse. So I would say winning seasons, I'll go with four. Uh, Close, but too high. The answer is three. So this is year 12 as an NFL head coach. He has two coach of the year awards and three winning seasons. You're right. They've never had he he has never had back-to-back winning seasons. 12 and 4, 7 and 8, 15 and 1, 6 and 10, 11 and 5, 7 and 9. He is 91 86 and 1 for his career going into Thursday night football. So he's five games over 500 going into Thursday night football, but I mean, think about those winning seasons. He never went Nine and seven. He went twelve and four. He went fifteen and one. He All went right. eleven and five. So when he won, he won big. But I don't. I would did guess Cam that, only make the playoffs three times, or did they make it one of the years they went like eight and eight or something? Uh, yeah. So they made it a year. They went seven and eight and one. Seven eight and one down and year in the won, south, and they won a playoff game that year. And then they made it another year. Well, but guy, you know why they won that playoff game? Because I remember watching it. Carson Palmer tore his ACL, and then whoever the backup was got hurt as well. So they played an Arizona Cardinal team who was awesome. And remember, Carson Palmer is going to win the MVP in like 
Was it like Jeff Smoker? Who was the guy from? Like, Feels Michigan like late State? late November or early December. He tears ACL, and I'm pretty sure the guy that ended up starting that playoff game was Ryan Lindley. Oh, Ryan Lindley from San Diego State, who actually I just saw on my timeline within the last week. They're like, "Welcome our new quarterback coach." San Diego State added a quarterback coach, Ryan Lindley, like in the middle of the season. So mm. weird shit going on. A lot of different it's been places. a bad year for them. <laughs> been a bad year for them. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Those are the, um, he made the playoffs another time with a sub 500 or a yeah, sub 500 record. You know, Never actually, is, so sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, thinking about San Diego state, you know, the punter who got cut right Matt before Arreza. the season. Yeah. Yeah. Romo dropped a line the other day. Like, I think they have like eight punts on the season. The bills, like when they blow people out, they don't punt. They've mm-hmm. had multiple games a season when they don't punt. So you could argue as the punter as necessary for them. Easy decision. Looking back. Part ways, I guess, but it's possible that they would be punting more. I guess. I mean, you're going to get to the playoffs, and it might matter. Yeah, right? You're going to need a punter for sure. <laughs> and it's going to be like everyone know what they're doing. Like, not really, coach. We never do this. So I would imagine anyone who's coached longer than a decade, and definitely twelve plus seasons, three winning seasons total is a is a record, right? On the low end, it's got to be. Maybe there's someone out there who won it once and that was their only winning season, but what would you guess Andy is out of like 24 seasons? Winning seasons? 18. Man, I honestly, I it might be like 20. Is it 24? Is that the number of winning se- of, of um, overall seasons he's coached? It was a little high. He started in 99, so it might be 23. Do you think Andy, well, he does. I was going to say more in Kansas City. I mean, I don't think he's ever had a losing season in Kansas City. Kansas City, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 14 and 2, 12 and 5. He's 4 and 1. What, was, what did you just name? Like nine years? Yeah. Well, he's only one in Kansas City. In Philly, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. 9 out of 14. So, so he, five. He, he underachieved in Philly. Yeah. But he did go to what? Three conference championship games? Uh, five. Five conference championship games. Yeah. Do you think he'll ever have a losing season as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy? No. And even if Patrick Mahomes has to miss multiple games. His record, he's developing a – He's a, he is over 700 winning percentage in Kansas City. That's pretty good. Wow. I mean, what's Ron's winning percentage? Like four 400? Well, no, it's barely over 500 because he's had those three – because he's never been – he's rarely 3-13, and 13, and his good years have been so far above 500 that he's still five games over 500, even though he's had nine losing seasons and three winning seasons. Well, think about this guy. 15-1, that's 14 – that's plus 14. So yeah. you could have you could have five, six, and ten seasons, right? And still, you know, kind of be right at the balance. Right, right. Like you could have four, six, and ten seasons, and you're basically even. Minus two, yeah. <laughs> so crazy. In fairness, fifteen and one is an incredible football incredible season. Incredible year. Yeah, it's incredible. But I heard David Lombardi or uh, Michael Lombardi make the point like they they were bad last year. They came in this year, didn't fire us, didn't change a single coach. So he's basically saying players just got to play better. Hashtag loyalty, bro. Yeah, well, there's something to be said for that, too. All right, uh, so there's your Thursday night or Friday. You can use that Friday. You can use that this weekend. That stat is going to hold, I think, this year, John. I think that stat's going to hold this year. Something um, Kyle's, Kyle's below the Mendoza line. No, he's 500. Oh, he is? I think Shanahan hit 500 with that big win over the – big chance for Shanahan to get over 500 for his career, right? No, 42-44, so. 
Are you counting? Is that count postseason games? That's just postseason. He's a winner. Four and two. Regular okay, season, so, forty-two right, and so, forty-four. So it must be that if he's four and two and he's two games under regular season, then it just five hundred if you include the postseason, right? He's at eighty-six games. I I do think he's got to find a way once he gets to that hundred to be you know like fifty-five and forty-five, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. You can't just be like fifty and fifty. He's good, but you I know, start racking up games. But you're not giving him the playoffs. He'd be five hundred if you count the playoffs. He's forty-six and forty-six if you count the playoffs. But I think historically, most people separate the two. Yeah. Don't you or no? Yeah. Uh, I do think historically you you separate the two, yeah. Because like Bill Belichick oh. is chasing whatever Shula, that's just regular season wins, which has never made sense to me. You won the game, you played the game, you win more games by going to the playoffs. Now you could argue there's more playoff games, blah blah blah, but there's more regular season games too. Not, I mean, just one, I guess. If Kyle's got a ways to go to catch Bill at 292 and 146. How about John Madden's win percentage? Does he have a shot at that? I don't think so, no. Remember that stat? Did you see the the video or the uh, the locker rooms John's building Cal Poly? I just saw that it was a story, yeah. Incredible. It's a lot. Of, what is it, like 20 million or how much? How I much? mean, it looks, I would say, every bit of equivalent is like Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. Like Honestly, it feels like that level for Cal Poly. Very honored, lucky to have him. His, even his wife said when he got his first job, like in the NFL or college job, he kind of just shunned everyone with the Eagles. And then he like got fired and he kind of needed people back at Cal Poly and they gave him a home. So he always felt like uh, he felt the soft spot for them. And yeah. I, he probably needed to give some money away for tax reasons with the, you know, money. Wealth distribution. Yeah. yeah. You wonder like, why didn't he do that before he passed? But maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, all right, John, coming up this weekend, the 49ers play the, Atlanta Falcons and um, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> well, I tell you, this team, I said it the other day, I know it doesn't fire you up, but they've lost to the Bears and the Broncos. So take no opponent lightly. Um, they lost the Atlanta Falcons the year they went to the Super Bowl. Remember? Julio Jones yeah. walk off? Yeah, I do remember. Stuck that ball over? What was the guy? Oh, Don uh, Meredith? No, when when Dre Greenlaw made the play, Don, Dan Buns, that was the, the anti-Dan Buns. Yeah, play. that was the reason they were in that position. That's right. Uh, rare advantage for the 49ers. We think rare. We'll see. But there's uh, one big reason why this is a must-win game for the 49ers, because they don't get many chances like this. Well, think about next week. They're at a huge disadvantage because usually it's like, well, who, who's our quarterback? Who's their quarterback? Next week is Jimmy Garoppolo and their quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. So that's that's disadvantage 49ers. Advantage Andy and Patrick. Like they're going back to back weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Baker Mayfield, advantage 49ers. Last week was clear. I mean, Jimmy's in a different universe than Baker. Now, I think, I don't know where you stand on this. Mariota is clearly just a more even keel human being, but I would say he's a better player currently today than Baker is. Now Baker's highs a couple years ago were better than anything Mariota did, but like what I saw out of Mariota against Tampa, like and just watching Falcons a little bit this year, is a better player than Baker. I would rather have Mariota on the field for my team than Baker Mayfield. That being said, he's still a bottom. Part of it is just, I mean, the first 15, 16 quarterbacks are pretty good. Like he's a bottom seven, eight quarterback in the NFL. And as we've talked about, Jimmy's squarely probably smack dab in the middle, about 16, but he's better than Mariota. So the Niners have a better passing quarterback 
than the Atlanta Falcons. And they're missing, you know, a guy that I don't know if he's a quote unquote star yet, but you know, Kyle Pitts be out, you know, better Rid- Ridley suspended. <laughs> I would say I would less, I would rather play Baker in a single game than play Marcus Mariota in a single game, just because of his element of athleticism. Who would you rather have on your team? Yeah. I'd rather have Marcus Mariota on my team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think their coach, like off, like they just fight Carolina, just fired their coach. Atlanta offensively actually feels like, you know, they're they're band-aiding a few things because, like you said, Pitts is out. But I mentioned this on the last pod. When you watch Atlanta, like if you go back and watch the Atlanta Bucks game, and they were down 21 to nothing. But clearly Arthur Smith just he know he is not he he knows what he's a smart offensive coach. I think that's clear when you watch them. Like they they're creative, they try to make the most of Mariota. But there are limitations, and one of the main limitations is just the straight drop-back accuracy game with him is just not – when I say drop-back, I just mean the passing game. It's a lot of it, pistol, play-action, whatever. But they just – they miss throws in their passing game, right? They're just inconsistent in their passing game. I think the difference – because, I mean, two NFC South teams that are not going to win a lot of games are going to be drafting really high. It does feel like Arthur Smith is a legitimate offensive NFL guy. Right. Like he's an offensive yeah, NFL well guy. Is he a good head coach? You know, time will tell. Also, does feel a little bit, though, are they kind of stuck in that Panthers? Mariota's a little bit better than anything the Panthers have had Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. But like ultimately, they're never going to suck that much. What are they kind of in no man's land? Like, how do they ever kind of got to get lucky? I mean, last year they drafted the kid from Cincinnati, Ritter. To me, he's a backup. Yeah. You know, this year, clearly, there's a lot worse teams than them. Like, they're, what would you say they're trending toward? Five, six wins, probably draft an eighth, not second. But but to me, that can be okay. I mean, the three best young quarterbacks in the league are Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes, and none of those guys were the first quarterbacks. Were any of them the second quarterbacks taken? I don't think so, in their drafts, right? So, but what's the chances that you end up with a guy like that? No, I understand, but I'm just saying, if you're drafting eighth, and you have a little bit of if you're drafting eighth and you have a good coach, a good offensive coach, then I think you'll have a shot at getting somebody. But you're right. It's a tough spot. You're saying their future is brighter in Carolina. I mean, Carolina. Fine. Um, well, I mean, October seventh. Like I would say Pitts and Drake London both look good. Got to be healthy. Both are now Panthers have good receivers, too. But the Falcons receivers are younger. So I would give them like that's partly. I mean, Carolina's defense is better. Right. Um, but so basically, if you could take the Panthers, I do think they might have to coach. So they're ahead of that. They're ahead from that standpoint. But the problem is, you, you know, this is year two. Like all, we could be by year four here in a couple of years. And he's like, never won more than seven games. It's just, it's hard. Yeah, no, you can definitely get mired. I saw Josh McCown has started like contributing to the underdog podcast. He's doing like a pod, video podcast. And it made me think like, is David Te- like clearly the Texans wanted to hire McCown a couple times and passed on him a couple times. So now he's like getting his, he's going to start talking, you know? And um, I wonder if David Tepper would hire him because he's going to watch Josh McCown videos and there's going to be like some, you know, someone else tried to hire him, but didn't have the balls to. Are you but sure I- though? Cause it feels like Tepper just picks up the Charlotte observer. Could That's true. Could be that. I'm just saying he's going to want to no, go outside the box, be a smart guy. You're right. He did yell at the newspaper columnist. But anyway, just an aside. Um, he's more likely to read the Charlotte Observer than like, hey, man, I saw your takes on YouTube. Fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got suggested to me while I was watching some <laughs> shorts. 
Jimmy Garoppolo right now is five touchdowns and one interception, which is an outrageous ratio, right? Last year, he was 20 touchdowns and 12 picks. So that's worse than two touchdowns for does get credit for Debo breaking three tackles and juking but, but he always right. does like to me the know. five is not the number it's the one the one is the number with Garoppolo the one is the number with Garoppolo and he's what started three games so if you told me how many games are left they've uh three and two right they're three and two so there's uh 11 more uh 12 more games left there's 17 game season 12 games left, so if that would mean at this rate, one pick every three starts, he throws five total interceptions. That seems unlikely, but... Yeah. Well, he's got know. a multiple pick game in him. Yeah, but but every quarter... But that's the thing. Every quarterback does. Every quarterback has well, a multi... When, when we overreacted... And oh, listen, that's unfair. When we reacted to the Denver game, because we can just react two games. And I think sometimes, like, overreaction. Well, your overreaction, if you're saying fire a guy, cut a guy, or extend a guy after one game. But if you get excited or angry or, you know, up or down on the game, that is okay. Because you are just reacting to the event. And the Denver game, remember, we were throwing, like, is this guy going to get to 20 touchdowns? And on this pace, if he could get to the high 20s. I mean, last year, they made the conference championship. And what did he throw? 24 touchdowns, 22 to 23. If somehow on God's green earth, he could get to 30 touchdowns. 20. Last year it was 20 regular season. Jesus. I guess he missed a couple starts, huh? But yeah. still, if he could get to like 29 touchdowns, that would take a little burden off the run game. And it would just make them more explosive offense. And to me, it would less than the run game. It would take a burden off the defense, which is last time I checked, missing some players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you would rather, if you said, I, I can tell you one number and you can predict the Niners season off of this, Jimmy's touchdowns or Jimmy's interceptions, you'd rather know his touchdown number? Would I rather get to pick it or would I get to know it? Well, I, yeah, which what's more telling? Because uh, well, if you told me he throws 29 touchdowns, I'd go, okay, he probably throws 12 to 13 picks, and maybe that's okay. But if you but, told me he throws seven interceptions, which feels unlikely, but if you told me that, I'd be like, how are they not good? Yeah, I think you would choose the smaller interception number for sure. But but can they can't is that is playing it safe all year long enough for them to win? Well, it's enough? not. Can it's they, the thing that I talked about. They're, they're going to play too many explosive quarterbacks to play it safe. You, you can't. He's not going to be able to have like through a touchdown, through a pick against Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and be like, yeah, they. But I mean, the Bucks. Up. The Bucks have played some of those games, right? Low scoring games. I well, that might be a bad example because their defenses are both that, that well, okay. Could, Kansas City, the Rams next, the Chargers. I, I would say one thing about the Chargers, they do score some points whenever I'm looking up. They they do yeah. some weird shit and they might lose, but like even last game, it was 30 to 28, right? I mean, you're not Cardinals. Their offense is really sputtered. But uh, Hopkins is coming back, right? If, next yeah. week. Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Did you say Mark and Marquise Brown statistically has had a good season? Marquise Listen, Brown, they are throwing him the ball nonstop, and he's catching it. He's got like over seventy percent of his targets are catches. Well, you would say that like once Hopkins comes back, assuming he's just solid still, Hopkins, Marquise, and I mean I watched some of that Eagle game. I mean Ertz still okay. Mets and Kyler just <laughs> he missed a pass late in the game. I had a buddy in the NFL who must have been like writing up players and just sent me the pass. It was second down on the drive where he slid and spiked the ball and that disaster. 
Ertz wide open. Would have got him in field goal range, like even much closer. And Kyler just fucking sails it way over. Which was it like clean pocket or was he on the move or what was the deal? Complete clean, just a type Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, just drills, you know, like a it's like a 35 yard throw, but it's probably like a 16 yard gain. Kyler, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal in his prime jumping wouldn't have tipped the ball. But in fair that but one thing is like Jimmy might make that miss too. Kyler is pretty bad. I, I, I would say right now, not trying to get ahead of ourselves. Anything minimum one and one against the Cardinals is the minimum. Is the minimum this year. Oh, and two last year. Uh Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. So you'd say Falcons, then I'd say Saints, Seahawks. I would say Seahawks, but maybe you would disagree. Commanders. Um, and maybe Dolphins, you have a better quarterback in those games. Matthew Stafford's resume speaks for itself. He's been yep. a much better player than Jimmy. He's been atrocious this season. And Jimmy's already outplayed him once. Did you see yesterday? Jimmy has Jimmy's defense, though. That's part of it, right? The Stafford injury, has to play Jimmy's defense. The, the injury report, you know, we were talking the other day about the Rams can't afford. Cup and Donald, both foot injuries, like their season would be over if those guys miss games. Wow. Did they – so they missed practice on Wednesday? They missed practice on Wednesday. I saw Cup probably going to play, but, you know. It wasn't just like, you know, vet rest day. It's like, no, they have foot injuries. Jimmy threads crazy needles and will also miss a wide open post. Yeah, Jimmy, he just throws some 50-50 balls on slants. Not a lot of guys throw 50-50 balls like 50-50 balls usually means it's in the air high. You throw Jimmy does not have is just like Uh. the back shoulder stop throw. You know, like Brady, Manning. Got the high level guys made a career of well because no one's going deep. The DB's not worried about it. Don't you have to be worried about the guy going deep for that throw to work? Probably true. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good. It's a good point. Like you don't really see that throw. And if he does, if it does happen, you're like, oh, Jimmy was just way off. And the great play by Kittle or Ayuk <laughs> or Jennings. Because you said back shoulder, he he does go back hip a lot. Yeah. On you know on slants or whatever. He has thrown some tight windows, no question. He's He made, and there are a lot of clips of the L22 going around the other day on the internet. He made some really good throws. He did the other day against the Panthers. I know this. Jimmy has in the driver's seat of being potentially able to make himself some cash. I don't think anyone, if he had a great season and the Niners won, anyone's given him some like $100 million contract again, but I don't think it'd be out of the realm of possibility to easily get some like, Two for 60, 45 guaranteed type thing, right? Well, we did a, we talked about it on the podcast the other day, teams that are regretting not getting Garoppolo. And isn't it funny? It happens every year. You go through the list and you go, okay, who needs a quarterback? And it'll be one team. And then here we are six weeks later, it's like six teams. So you're right. All it takes, and everybody already went through one off season where they said, uh, now here, this season hasn't played out for Garoppolo yet. But everybody's already gone through the season when they try to band-aid it. Not all of these teams are going to be able to get quarterbacks. Are the Steelers going to be bad and then go into next year with Kenny Pickett as their starter? I don't know. I mean, Kenny's still got a, whole, a lot of season left, so maybe he'll get better. But I, I think Kenny Pickett's safe for a couple of years. You don't draft a guy number 20 and he doesn't get a couple of years. Yeah, so they're just going to be bad again or he'll be better? I don't know. I mean, well, they, to, what if they're so bad that they end up picking in the top three this year? Which to feels me, unlikely. To, to, me, the, to me, the two teams... I think the Giants have some financial shit they got to deal with, but like Davis Mills is 
I've watched some. He's kind of coming back to earth. Yeah. I think the Texans and the the Giants, you know, especially if they think they have a nucleus of like, you know, another year of drafted a bunch of guys would just be like, quote unquote, overpay like that two for 60 or maybe give them a th- kind of fake three year deal at like 80 million. But it's like they're offering him $45 million guaranteed or just some number that's really, really high. And he gets to be a lock starter. Right. Because the one thing you know with him, even if you if you bring him in and you draft a quarterback in the second round, that guy is not going to take his job. That guy is not going to beat Jimmy out, right? No chance. And if for some crazy reason, let's say Jimmy gets hurt, that guy comes in, plays five games and is good, you don't have to worry about Jimmy being on your bench. Like he'll be fine. Well, right? he'll what, handle the situation well. No matter, let's say this thing goes really well and the Niners are a 12 win team, win the division, win a playoff game, uh, or just, you know, competitive. Maybe they lose in the playoffs in round two or three, but it's not like Jimmy's good. What do they do? You know, I, I think they yeah, got to compete for his services, right? I think they do have to compete for his <laughs> services. Yes. They might have to compete for his services, but part of that, you know, you didn't even mention what is the recovery on Trey Lance like? Because remember, Jimmy didn't get traded because no one was 100% sure how his shoulder was going to recover from the surgery. Well, if you're the Niners, can you let Jimmy go until you're 100% sure that Trey Lance is fully recovered from his surgery? Well, do you remember that uh, Dak Prescott, who had a similar injury, they... uh, Remember, he was kind of hit or miss in that OTAs when hard knocks. Yes, it was like a point. So, and that that was not OTA. I mean, that was training camp, right? So, I would imagine Dak Prescott did not participate in OTAs. Can the Niners afford to have a no OTA just training camp? Let Jimmy walk. Trey Lance just starts coming back off the injury. That seems Un- kind of unknown. Crazy. Unknown how he's recovered and if he's any better as a player. But I will say this: the counter would be well. They were prepared to go into th- as long as they know that he's healthy. They were prepared to go into this season with Trey. So shouldn't they be prepared to go into next season with Trey? I think it immediately changes, though, after an injury and just some more time, which gets just more negative, gives you a – it makes you think a little more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A question. This comes from Barney. Hold on. Where'd it go? How do I put this up? Can you see it? You're not seeing that, right? No. Barney gave us $17.50. I'm trying to put his goddamn question up here. Canadian? Uh, No, this looks American, John. But it's uh, uh, Barney Fubble says, McCaffrey, who would you like to see the Niners go after? There's been a lot of now that the Panthers are are, uh, without coach. uh, A lot of talk about Christian McCaffrey, who I think has missed like 22 games the previous two seasons combined. I mean, it's a massive number. And he's very expensive. Um, so the immediate joke was, well, obviously the Rams can afford him somehow, <laughs> but, uh, McCaffrey to the Niners. That's a no for me, Doug. Yeah. I, I think no. they need to allocate their resources on, uh, I just keep ha- hammering those lines guy. Hammering the lines. You're the talking defensive? about like, I'm talking, cause this guy's I'm, talking like a trade, I think is what yeah, people well, are I, I'm not about. trading a third or fourth round pick for a massive contract. If I'm doing that, I'm trading a pick for a guard or a defensive lineman. I saw some people like Brian Burns, you know, the guy they drafted a couple years ago, Florida State. I'll be a little surprised 
if Tepper allows him to just trade their three or four young good players like DJ Moore, like, wait, they're going to trade like their only good wide receiver? Like, is that just what you want to be doing right now when you got a lot of moving parts? I, I think you just kind of take a deep breath. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're right because um, you're going to play next year. Like, next year we'll be here when you hire a new coach and whatever, when I got a new coach, mid January, late January, depending on, right? It's, it's October, it's mid October, November, December. It's going to be a whole new era of Panthers football in three and a half months. You know, we'll, we'll think about this. Like, it's a natural reaction because like who can be had and people list like they're four sweet players, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, McCaffrey's kind of a throw in. I, I think most even casual fans realize like, you know, he's kind of damaged goods at this point. DJ Moore. Well, let's just use the lions as an example. Let's pretend Dan Campbell wasn't new. He was old. And he just got fired tomorrow. People, would they trade Panay Sewell, right? Would they trade, like, could could Hutchinson be had? Could Ahmad St. Brown be had? No, those are like, they have, like, five good players. Wouldn't you fucking keep them? Like, Isn't that the point of sports? You just you just drafted a couple guys high or hit mid-round picks. Keep those players. I'll never go back. I'll never forget Harbaugh. Most teams would have been like, let's just get rid of some of these guys. No, they just kept them all. Even as they suck, he got there, and they won. That's best case. Chip, somewhat of an example, showed up. There were some pieces in place, and the next year he made the playoffs Yeah, with the Eagles. Like, I would trade nobody. on McCaffrey, I'd be willing to trade if I was the Panthers, right? Get rid of that contract. None of the other highly drafted guys who were good. Like, yeah, DJ Moore, no, we're good. We're going to keep him around. Derek Brown, yeah, we kind of like him on our defensive line. Now, when the Niners eventually traded DeForest Buckner, they got back the – 14th overall pick. So it's like, yeah, we're not just giving him to you. Like, yeah, we'll just take your a two and a three. Sweet. For you. Get on the prize picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. 
plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry? and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run, well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Let's talk about uh, that, actually, since you mentioned DeForest Buckner and the 14th overall pick. The 49ers used that 14th overall pick in 2022 on Javon Kinlaw. It was the fourth year in a row that the 49ers took a lineman in the top 15 of the draft. Solomon Thomas, third, 2017. 2018, Mike McGlinchey, ninth. 2019, Nick Bosa, second. And 2022, Javon Kinlaw went 14th. Um, for those of you watching, I have here the official practice report, injury report for the 49ers, did not practice. Thursday's did not practice list. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Okay. Emmanuel Mosley, Jimmy Ward, Trent Williams. None of that is breaking news to anybody. But um, of those guys, the Javon Kinlaw injury is the least surprising. When you go back to the draft, and we've talked about his knee before, look at this old, I found this old article, John. 
While no team failed Kinlaw's physical at the Combine, NFL media's Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero reported that multiple teams flagged his knees, plural, as at risk of arthritis. Okay. Uh, um, now, I don't, you know, uh, this is not a bust or not a bust conversation. Javon Kinlaw is going to try to continue his career and who knows what comes next. But I, I think it's pretty clear at this point, the Niners, th- this this has failed. The 14th overall pick on Javon Kinlaw. Now he's coming into the year in which you're going to have to f- pick up a fifth-year option this offseason. But between Thomas, McGlinchey, Kinlaw, three out of four, they hit Bosa. They have not drafted linemen well. Now you could argue on McGlinchey, we could debate, right? He's been their starter at right tackle for 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So five years start at right tackle. Well, I mean, blew out his quad and missed some time. That's, last year. that's true. No, no, that's true. But my point is, like, he has at, least, at minimum, he's been a starter. Like, Solomon Thomas was not even that. Yeah. When he's healthy, he starts. The problem with that one, though, is that the next pick was Colton Miller, who has been a much better tackle. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Is that yes. fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have not. Now they got Bosa, but they have not drafted this position well. And a big part of that was this Kinlaw pick. It's it's not that he was a hurt guy now who no one thought could be hurt. This What some people worried about coming into the draft is what has turned out to be the problem with him, and they made a mistake. Well, I'd have to ask one of my trainer buddies in the league like if this means the same thing. What I was told is teams had red flagged him for a degenerate knee, and I would guess either they're the same thing or they parallel each other. Degenerate knee turns into arthritis, pain, non-functional, right? And think about last year. People, oh, he had a knee problem. Well, what happened? Oh, he went, he got it fixed. Dr. Elitrash got microfracture, ACL, the whole thing. Well, the problem clearly is not fixed. And someone, I, I, I sarcastically tweeted out, I quoted like Mayoko's practice report, like, is his career over? Kind of sarcastically, but kind of like, is this it? Like, is he just an enable body? Like if, if your wall is rotting because of water damage or whatever, and you know what it's like, the color changes. Well, if I just take paint and I paint over it, it might look okay, but actually the water damage isn't gone. Like you can do open this surgery and do it, but if he has a degenerate knee, there is no fixing it. So it's a fucking disaster. Like you can't tell me sometimes guys get surgery and it happens in baseball, basketball, and football, right? And they come back, and then it's like, well, they weren't. They came back a little too early. It's not quite fully healed. It's it swells up a little bit. Like we just got to pull back. I would say that's not that crazy. That has happened in the history of our lives, back in the '90s when clearly surgeries weren't as good, to now when they have all this information. And then there's this. Like this doesn't just feel like, well, it's a little sore. No, this feels like this thing is never going to work. Like you have a tire that you keep patching and it keeps blowing out and it's never going to work. The problem is in this case, like you can't just get a new tire and replace it. Like the tire, like his knees, his knee, like what are you going to do? Get a knee replacement? Like it's, I'm viewing him as in no fault of his own. Like to me, there's a bus level like Solomon Thomas on the field. He's not good enough. This guy on the field, I'm not saying he was ever going to be Vita Vea or Buckner or that level of player. You got to play to prove that but he was clearly a legitimate starter. Like you could start him, right? His body type, his explosion. He can't get on the field because of this knee is that fucked up. And they're clearly being pretty mum about it. But like, 
look at all the other players, right? That are clearly he's got plantar fasciitis. You notice it was foot and ankle. He's got some shit going on with this Armstead. Yeah. Bosa has an issue right now. We know exactly what it is. You just hope like it goes away. Mosley torn ACL. Trent Williams ankle sprain. Like everything's concrete. And then Give there's a broken hand. Then there's Javon Kinlaw. It's like because you know what they and I understand it. They don't want to go. You know, we didn't fail them like some other teams did. Obviously, they know that, right? They're not dumb. They have friends on other teams. We took a chance, and it didn't work out. We've taken a chance on Ruben Foster. He let us down immediately. Maturity. We took a chance on Kinlaw from a medical standpoint, and it's – I wouldn't go quite as far as disaster, but it's been a negative. You could go borderline disaster when you I factor think, in how high you took him. I think you could. And and when you factor in, and again, I I think it's the red unfair. flag was he known. The red flag was known. He wasn't here to replace Buckner. No one was going to replace Buckner, but he was part of that solution. the The reason, if you were going to counter argument, disaster is just well, they missed at the position where they can most afford to miss because their defensive line coach creates defensive linemen like Frankenstein's left, I, right, I, and center. I am taking out the other variables yeah, and just I, putting him in a vacuum. When you draft a guy 14th, it's one thing if at the end of George Kittle's career, he's not a Hall of Fame player because he missed too many games. You're like, well, shit. No, you know, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. But Kinlaw came in with that red flag, right? You wouldn't look back on Kittle's career and go, yeah, you just, you guys, you guys drafted a hurt player and he got hurt a lot. Well, he plays a style that gets him hurt, but he himself did not come into the league with a red flag injury like Javon Kinlaw did. And they, with a very important pick, took that risk. And, you know, I mean, you can say we'd take that risk again. I don't know. But you, this one has not worked out. He's played uh, tw- uh, b- b- 102 snaps this year. 102 snaps this year. He is going to be um, uh, fifth-year option eligible. Think about that. I mean... Let's just judge these first round picks on fifth year options. McGlinchey, yeah, but more backed into a corner didn't have a choice. Solomon Thomas, no. And now Kinlaw, what are you going to do? Ayuk, you'll do Ayuk. Ayuk, same year. Ayuk. Now here's the thing with Kinlaw. B- Bosa, I guess has uh, already got picked up. <laughs> the thing with Kinlaw is he's not going to be that expensive of a fifth year option relative to what it can be because he's not going to be a Pro Bowler. He's not going to play the minimum number of snaps probably this year. So it's going to be the cheapest. I saw somebody suggest, I think it was 49erscap.com suggested it'll be like eight or nine million. But that's a lot. I mean, that's eight or nine million dollars, a lot of money, right? It's just the cheapest of the fifth year option options. Well, as of October 13th today, it's a hard no, right? Yeah, you can't. If I think you do the same thing, is it? They, well, they picked up Armstead's option when they came in, right? Yeah. They picked up Armstead's option. To me, it's like the Daniel Jones. Like, hey, man. we will try to keep you healthy year four. We'd love for you to play year four. If you're great, then great. We'll keep you around. But how can you commit yourself to potentially two more years of this? Well, think about this. As of they, they wouldn't hesitate if they could right now pick up Ayuk's. Kyle would send it in the league right now, right? Just like a lot of players in his draft. Ayuk's worse. I mean, you could go to the group of guys. There's a ton in that in that first Justin Jefferson. They would have picked it up like his third game of his career. The Kinlaw thing is just an easy no just based on 
under no circumstances can I pay someone $8 million and get zero games potential. And that's what the potential is here. And I think about it all the time. Like this is why I defended Mike McDaniel. Like ultimately the doctors in this sport more than any of them, because it's such a violent sport. And because like there's a wear and tear, I I guess it happens in baseball too. Remember one of the dudes, uh, it was lighter and rocker. Yeah, and the Kamar dude the Roger. Mets drafted, they claimed, claimed like degenerate elbow. We're not signing him, and they refused to sign him. It happens in football too. It's just it's before the draft. Like in baseball, sometimes they're like you don't get the medicals till after, and then it's like, wait, you want me to give you twelve million dollars? I I got your MRI right here. I say no. In football, you get it immediately because they all have to go to the combine. But not every doctor has the same view. So if you and me are, if you're the coach and I'm the GM. And we're sitting there going over it. I vividly remember Howie and Andy, both years I worked in the office, like a couple weeks before the draft, they would meet with Jeffrey Lurie and the doctors would come and Rick Burkholder, who's still his trainer, they'd meet and they would just go over the combine results of like, we're going to, we're going to recommend no on this, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. what are you supposed to say? Right now? I think sometimes like when they tell you this degenerate knee, and you say, well, we love the guy, and they just give you the recommendation, no. Clearly, sometimes they get overruled. I'm Not talking we like, love the guy, John. I, it does feel like they were really drafting for specific position. And just looking at that draft, there's not another defensive tackle that gets drafted till 40, right? They took him at 14. Who was at 40? Hank Blacklock. Oh, no, Ross. Ross Blacklock. Texas took him. Yeah, I want to watch more Texas football. So, I like to me, when you take care- 25 tackles, so. when you take character, guys, and the Niners had an experience of this year one, the fucking guy got into an altercation at the combine with a nurse, and he was already a walking, talking red flag coming out of Alabama, right? That was pretty insane looking back. The Raiders gave us multiple examples. Lynn Bowden was a huge red flag, and he didn't last till the end of training camp. Damon Arnett was a massive red flag coming out of Ohio State. Both, all of them blew up. And I think most teams would tell you, fuck, we wouldn't have touched this guy. And sometimes it's not, when I say the team, I'm talking like the scout or a college director. It, the only guy making the decision is really the owner, the GM, and the coach. A lot of times the assistant coach like, I don't want to mess with this guy. But character stuff, we've seen enough like bad character guys turn their life around. And sometimes bad character guys stay shitheads. So you just... You're dealing with humans. You hope you can influence them. You, you never know. And some characters are a lot worse than others. To me, the the medical stuff is just, it's tough, you know, because I think if you don't take them, let's just say, okay, we're, you know, our doctors, you know, we'll pass them, but we're a little leery. And you're like, fuck it. We're not going to take the risk. And then he goes a couple picks later and he becomes a pro boy and you're kicking yourself. Yeah. I, I guess that could happen with character guys too. I mean, it does all the time. Right, a character guy. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a good example. No one would touch him. Do you think if you do that over again, his career, he lasts till the fifth round? No chance. What does he go in the top twenty? Yeah, does he go in the top ten? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hit his girlfriend and got kicked out of college on video. Yeah. Right, there was a video. Well, I, Joe Mixon's probably a better oh, example. Oh, maybe the Mixon is the one, the video I'm thinking. Mick Mixon's a better example because the video, and he was at a, like, ultimately Tyreek was, at, I think, transferred to, like, Alabama State, like, Oklahoma State kicked him out of school. Like, the Mixon, th- if you could redo the Mixon thing and how it's played out, and he's been clearly a pretty good guy, 
does he get drafted 50 spots? You know, I think he went into second round. Does he end up going like pick 23? Yeah. Or whatever. He's yeah. clearly First a round. really, really good player. And the problem, though, is there is no reduce. You know, of course, like a year in, it's like Danny Watkins is playing air guitar before the game and he doesn't even know the plays. Like, this is a fucking disaster. But you didn't know that at the time when you're just but like, you did know he was 28 and a firefighter. Well, firefighter. But you just watch, like, you just turn on the Baylor tape and he's making plays. Yeah. And now, also, who's the guy that uh, the Broncos drafted? He was older. From Utah, Garrett Bowles. He was an older player. And he was not that good early on. He became a really good player. Yeah. Did he tear his ACL or something the other night? I uh good I question. I'd be lying if I could answer that question, but I did feel like something happened to him. I, I just it's just what makes the draft. I have a red flag. Like I, I do you deserve criticism. AJ Jenkins is a good example. He was widely viewed as like a third or fourth round pick. And then the draft process happened and he runs fast and he gets inflated. Like those picks, I, I'm okay, I'm cool with. Like that's a, you deserve the heat, the injury stuff and the character stuff. I, I just think so often they go one of two ways, and a lot of times they go good, and a lot of times they go shitty. You just never know. You're just kind of playing. You're just flipping the coin, and it looks like the Niners flipped the coin on this one, when a lot of people would have just handed the coin to someone else. But over the history of the sport, people have flipped the coin, and, and it's worked out for them. Because if Javon Kinlaw was just playing. 15, 16 games a year, they would 100% be fine with it, right? It would be going well. Clearly, oh, yeah. I mean, all their D linemen are good. They made Arden Key into a player. You know, it's like this guy makes guys into players, and he's too talented. Well, that's why they took him, right? Same with Ruben. Like, they didn't take these chances on mediocre talents. They took them on potential superstar talents. Although the irony with Ruben is he also had a problem staying healthy. Like, he was a double whammy, right? Ruben Foster yeah. was a problem off the field. But well, yeah, he, he had, had, bad, he had he questionable had bad, shoulders. He had bad shoulders. So it was kind of the same deal. Look, the, the famous Ron Wolf quote, you're going to you're gonna hit on one out of three. You know, that's pretty good in the draft. What is not debatable is they have hit on one out of four top 15 linemen in four straight drafts. And the Ruben Foster one, you go, okay, part of that, this was the, their, it, they were new first year. The Javon Kinlaw draft was a different type of red flag, but. I just don't – there's no other way around it. I mean, this pick was – Well, the, the way they've stayed good, let's failed. face it, they have hit so many after first-round picks and late first-round picks. If I was just – if you and I were ownership, we would say, well, they they waste a lot of money for us up top in the first round, but goddamn, they save us a lot of money in the third, fourth, yeah. fifth, sixth rounds. You would say that. Because if Hufunga's a really good player for the next couple of years, he's one of the best values in the league, right? He's a $12 million player that we're paying nine hundred grand. Yeah, you just as you try to keep your window open and win championships, you need superstars. And those guys, by and large, are high picks. Are high picks. Yeah. Doesn't mean George Kittle is not a great pick. Of course he is. I mean, he's a fantastic pick. But you don't, there's no rule that says you you have to miss on a first rounder if you hit on a fifth rounder. <laughs> yeah. You can do both. Like the universe just insists on keeping itself in balance. Like you're not allowed to do all of those things. But, but that's part of the stats, right? If you're going to hit on 50, if you're going to have a great draft and hit true. on 60, four of those, if you have 10 picks, four of them are going to be just ugly. Yeah. And even two of your six hits are actually going to be like, oh, he's just a good special teamer I, and he's a good guard. I think to me, the real question is, why have you missed on three out of four top 15 D linemen? Is there a, is there, can you not, is there a problem in scouting those players? Now they would say, well, hold on. Kinlaw was not a talent miss. Kinlaw was a, re a knee issue. 
the offensive lineman, McGlinchey over Colton Miller, maybe Kyle just preferred him. Maybe it was like we know that Miller's going to take a year to develop. Because remember year one, it didn't look like Colton Miller was going to be better than McGlinchey. I think they and we don't want to remember he hurt his ankle. That was the knock. It was like, well, he's injured. Who was Colton? Colton hurt his ankle early, and, and that's and maybe it was like, hey, if he had not gone to Tom Cable, maybe he wouldn't have developed into this guy. Who knows? But and then the Solomon Thomas one was. Well, I think it's pretty simple. Of the three guys, you can put them into two different categories. McGlinchey and Solomon Thomas are safe, and as GM Haberman always says, there is no such thing as safe, and it's true. Like there is no such thing as a high floor guy. Because if it was a high floor guy, no one would ever miss on draft picks, right? I you mean, just always take the high floor guys, and you just have a really, really good team. You just have like the 2014 Patriots. <laughs> Every guy would just be fucking Logan Mankins on your squad. That's not how it works. And the high ceiling guys miss all the time, too. So like the likelihood that a guy might be some pro bowler or just as high floor be like a seven-year starter, both those guys could miss, and you're just whiffing, right? And that's... If you had to rank them, you would go McGlinchey, Kinlaw. I'd put Solomon last, even though he did play. It's just like he's just not very good. Rank them how? Well, just like of the pick. Oh, how good. Yeah, I mean, look, McGlinchey, McGlinchey's kind of – to me, if it wasn't for Colton Miller getting drafted the spot after him with the tails or the heads or whichever it was on the coin – I was there a little different. You were there. Gruden stormed off. Remember? Not want to be there. Was Rod Woodson the guy that like did the flip or something like that? Rod flipped it and then John Lynch high fived him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean McGlinchey has been a starter on a on two NFC championship teams, right? Or did he where, play in the well yeah, he yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, he was where what where'd you say PFF had him? No, he did he did not play at the end of that season. He was out. PFF this year has McGlinchey ranked 44th among tackles who have played at least 50% of their team snaps. And they have Colton Miller 11th. Yeah. as uh, That's actually pass block grades. If you want overall grades, I think he's Miller is run 22nd and McGlinchey is 23rd. Oh, yeah. so overall, there you go. So the run block, again, I, that's where I, I agree. Some people in the comments have said it's not, it's not fair to put McGlinchey in the Kinlaw Solomon Thomas category. I think that's true. He is a different, like if you told me he's just back at right tackle next year for the 40 matters, I'd say, okay. And that might actually be fine depending on what the rest of their offensive line looks like. Right. And it might be when you, you factor that, in like, all the, uh, yeah, well the variables, like where do you find one? Right. So if he ends up starting at right tackle for them for like nine years, you'd go, well, can you really complain about that pick? That would be a fair point. You can only draft the players available. And if one of them plays nine years, that would be fine. So he'd be the right tackle version of Derek. Like, wait, Derek just started for 17 years for the Raiders. They made the playoffs two times. How is well, that possible? The difference is at tackle, there's four other guys on that line, plus a tight end, plus a running back that can help a quarterback. There's just you. I was going to say you get paid to pass block in the NFL, which you do. It's why Trent Williams is so valuable. Kyle would be like, well, we kind of pay for half. Yeah, you're there to just help <laughs> Debo up after six yards. Run the ball. Um. Oh, real quick, by the way, somebody I got, I've gotten a couple, I got a couple good messages on these, uh, on the meal, on the uh, melon hats, John, M E L I N.com slash ham, 20% off. Um, I just bought another one in blue. But uh, Nick hit me up. He said he's happy because they have sizes that are big enough because he has a big head and they have like larger hat sizes. And then I got another DM from Tyler that said he, his hat came with like um, the bill was a little bent in a funny spot. And he just DM'd me to say that he had no problem. He's just reached out to Mellon, M-E-L-I-N.com slash ham. And he said, um, 
They replaced it. They were super easy. They sent them a new hat. No questions asked. No problems. Uh, loves it. So there you go. Just a little bonus uh, melon ad right there. My free hats somehow got lost in transit. I, I need to order some. I do have yeah. one here. but I, I just got this one in Navy. So I'm excited to see that. Alyssa, you know the other thing you could get? Alyssa got a beanie. What kind is that? The hydro? Yeah, it's the uh, hydro. Yeah. In the classic size. And it fits. You got a big head too, don't you? I think regular. I don't think big. Problem is I've already ordered, so I can't even use OE promo code ham or is it slash ham? Slash ham. Slash ham. Use a different email. <laughs> I've done it before. <laughs> so my mom's like, why are you ordering so many cheeseburgers and hats? Cheeseburgers? You know, from uh, Butcher Box. Oh. <laughs> uh, don't ask me questions. Just, you know, sign for the delivery. Anyway, I just want to mention that because I've been getting a few DMs. The navy blue is a good color. Yeah, that's why I got it. Get that one. You had the black one, didn't you? Did you have this one in black? Yeah, I had the fill one. Uh, but the fill one was the different was like a like a rounder. Maybe it was Hunter Bishop that had this one in black. He had this one in black. Odyssey stacked hydro. The gray one actually looks pretty good too. I like a heather gray. That one. Yeah. Stacked. Stacked. Um. Uh oh. Stand by. John, what is the latest? Devontae's in the clink. You knew that's where I was going. <laughs> Devontae Adams has been charged. <laughs> what did you see Schefter? He's like. Schefter the next day was like another angle. It's like, Adam, I mean, leave the guy alone. I mean, this, listen, is it, is it a regrettable decision? Yes. Is it that big a deal? No. I thought Stephen A had a good line. He's like, you know, sometimes when you get shoved down, you don't sue the other person. You just get back up. <laughs> just get well, yeah, up. You might have a little whiplash, John. Would he have shoved Randy Johnson if it had been Randy crossing? Or would you think he stopped immediately? Randy would have been pretty tall. You see that picture going viral, Randy? No. Well, people are like, did you know that Randy Johnson is a photographer, does NFL games? I think it's here. You know, he goes oh, to Oh, Randy Glendale. Johnson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've seen that before that Randy was. It, uh, it might uh, be an old pick from like a yeah. Super Bowl. But people, you know, came back up with Devontae. You know, like, what do you shove this guy? It's Randy. <laughs> I got to stop the music. Um, Corey on the stream says, yo, I gave a super chat. <laughs> stop yelling at us. Corey says it's complicated, but you've got to let him go. Speaking of Garoppolo, an outrageous waste of draft capital for a guy who's averaging one TD a game. Niners are near the bottom in scoring. Wasted Lance's rookie contract. Also, Jimmy will want out. It's complicated, but you've got to let him go. So he's saying it's an outrageous waste of draft capital to keep Jimmy around, um, particularly because Jimmy's averaging one touchdown a game. Niners are near the bottom in scoring. You know, and the other part of this is, we remember last year played out, it played out, we watched it and went, okay, you need to be more explosive in, in, in the past game. Um, even if you have a bunch of success without being explosive in your passing game, that's not a thing you want to be year after year after year. You'd have to view it as a little bit more as of an aberration than a, than a formula you can really consistently 
stick with. But at the same time, let's say they go back to the NFC Championship game. You know, Kyle's not going to be quick to part with that. No, he won't. Let me see the front of your hat. Does it say M or is it blank? Okay, yeah. And that's the classic? This is the Hydro classic size. Yeah. Odyssey. Odyssey Hydro. Yep. Odyssey stacked Hydro. I don't know if Corey got his 20 bucks worth Middlecuff's ordering as we're doing the show today. But he's ordering with code ham. So slash. Yeah, I mean, part of it is I did like last year, I bought three of the Nike TW hats just because I can't. The majority of like the 20 hats I own are trucker hat style. Well, you can't play golf in trucker hats when you're bald. You burn your head. So the Tiger Woods hat just protect my head. So I got a black. I got a navy blue and I got a white and then I can rotate them with basically every outfit I have playing golf and I can my head is protected. Well, if I have those three, then I basically have six hats that cover my head that I can keep on rotation with every outfit because the thing with Tiger Woods, like not all my golf outfits are Nike and some I don't like cross pollinating. So if I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, if I got like an Adidas shirt with like Under Armour shorts and then I got a Nike hat, you know, not that I care that much, but, you know, I I like to kind of keep consistent. Stay fresh. (laughs) Look good. Play good. The the melon or the Melon. melon, excuse me. You can rock with like I can do the different shirt, different shorts, and it's cool, right? Right. right. Gives you, I, I like having options. Uh, Raiders one and four headed into their bye week. John will uh, Devonte Adams get suspended? Uh, I said that to you before the show, and you said, "How can you possibly suspend him for that?" I agree with you. I don't think it's anything close to a suspendable offense. However, it is the Raiders, and uh, the league has it out for them, as uh, many people believe. <laughs> I'm not saying that as fact. I'm just saying if he got if he was on the Packers, would that change the dynamic? Maybe a little. The video went around today of him putting knocking a guy down, helping him up, and putting his beanie back on his head when he was a Packer. That was pretty funny. Um, you know, he leads the league in touchdowns. I did not. Devontae Adams is lead tied for the league lead with Stephon Diggs with touchdowns. So they're all in on him. The question is, is Josh McDaniels going to be all in on Derek Carr? Whose contract dead cap in 2023 is how much? A little over five million dollars. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. That's an unusual quarterback contract. I would say it's been his career. He's clearly a solid player, but I think the argument has gone back and forth, and it, he's he's as polarizing as Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott, and both those guys have. Does Dak have a playoff win? I'm not sure Dak does. Kirk. Cousins, does he have a playoff victory? Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. He, beat, beat, the he beat the Saints. So, like, Derek just does not have a playoff victory. So, he's going on. Do you know what's pretty crazy? Dennis Allen, Tony Sprano, RIP. He was an interim, so even if I don't count him. Dennis Allen, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, and now Josh McDaniels. Guys that are going to be head coaches, right, for, I mean, Jack, three years, uh, John, several years, and Josh, I mean, unless something crazy happens, at minimum is going to be three or four years. It's pretty rare you get a non-consistent like Pro Bowl top 10 quarterback just lasting coach after coach, right? It, it does feel that if you don't make the playoffs, like how, how long are like the DBs, <laughs> you know, the special teams coverage, like usually the guy that gets blamed is the coach and the quarterback, and they've been running through some coaches. So it just – I'm not saying they can upgrade. 
I'm not saying Derek's not good, but it's getting to the point where he's going to start needing to do some shit. Like that play that he threw against Devontae, like they're going to need a lot more of that. And now they're really going to need it because they're in a hole. Like even when we hopped on, like they're on a bye week this week. So they're going to be a little out of sight, out of mind. And next week they're going to come back and they're playing the Texans, who I think for all intents and purposes are, you know, one of the, are going to be one of the worst teams in the league record wise. But like if you peek up a lot every week, like if you tell me that's a tie game in the third quarter, it's believable, right? They have been a pretty competitive, feisty fucking squad. Yeah, like I, I don't just the Raiders. Raiders no have means, a lot of experience in close games, John. Two point five point loss to the Chargers, six point loss to the Cardinals, two point loss to the Titans, one point loss to the Chiefs. They have like, no margin for error. Do you agree? Like, yeah, I mean, look, I think they're better than a one and four team. When I say margin for error, though, that you can't just like they can't afford to like split the, their next two games coming off the bye. They're going to have to oh. go on a little bit of a winning streak. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like with their style of play. No, no, no. I think their play's fine, but eventually you got to have more points than your you opponent at the end of the game. You know? Somebody reminded me, you remember when Corey Hall, remember, what was the guy's name? Gary Anderson? Was that the guy that quit at at um, Oregon State? Yeah. Didn't and he quit at Wisconsin too? He took off? Remember? Yeah. And, uh, or was it Utah State? He quit there too, maybe. <laughs> Weird Hall. ending to his career. Remember Corey Hall? Remember that guy took over? He was like a Fresno State Bulldog. And yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. Somebody remind me the day they were like, in his his first game, they lost. And in the locker room after the game with like the AD standing right there, like part of his deal was like he was campaigning for the job. He was like, I don't care what the scoreboard says. We won today. It's like, no, you lost today. You lost today. You lost today. The scoreboard said you lost. You lost. Now they do play the Raiders, the Texans, the Saints, the Jacks, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks coming up. Right. Like they do have this thing set up, but there will be no excuse. There will be none of that. They're better than their record if they don't run. I mean, really, John, shouldn't that one, two, three, four, five, six games, Texans, Saints, Jags, Colts, Broncos, Seahawks. I mean, they got to go five and one in this stretch here. Yeah. One and four, that puts them at nine and five. One and four. What am I thinking? That puts them at five and five. If they go five and one or six and five, sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, I can add. Six games go four and two. That puts you at five and six. So that's not good enough. So you got to go five and one in that stretch. But right? to me, four and two, at least you're alive. Like yeah. five and six, you're alive. But Chargers, then, Rams, Pats, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. Yeah, this is my point. When you start one and four, you eventually have to go on a four game winning streak to get above 500. And then even once you do that, okay, then you lose a game, then you're back at 500. And then that next game is fucking huge. They, they are, they're, they're very behind the eight ball. And I, I just don't see how anyone gets blamed, but they're like Devontae getting blamed. Like you said, already, obviously the shove, he's been a, in the news, but he's on pace for like 17 touchdowns. Devontae, you've been in the news. What does that even mean anymore? Because like I don't know anyone that watches the news. We don't news. read newspapers. It just means like, yeah, I saw your some headlines on Twitter and TMZ. I, yeah, I like that. It's better than saying like Devontae, you've been trending lately. Negative reasons. Well, it's like, did you see Aikman uh, apologize for like wearing skirts or dresses? Who's he? Because I because when I saw the headline of like Troy Aikman under fire, so I typed it in Twitter. It was seven people. I think was the number I counted. Of, of people yeah. freaking out. So is he apologizing to those seven people? Or you know, so did you see his quote? He went on like a local radio show in 
I think in Dallas, maybe some guys he's on with. Oh, that's where he said it. He didn't it, leave like I, a ESPN uh, statement. Okay, that makes sense. I read his quote, and honestly, when I read his quote, I was like, you know, I I think he probably, I think he kind of felt bad. Like, I, you know, maybe he has a daughter. I don't know. Like, not like bad, bad, but his quote was pretty straight to the point. He's just like, you know, I wish I hadn't have said that. Um, it was dumb. It wasn't like some bullshit thing. I think he just was like, yeah, you know, I can understand. I, 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 I'm trying to say that again. Like, it was just pretty straightforward. Like, I thought I didn't hear it. Hearing it's different than saying it. But I think it was like, I don't think that Troy was responding to whoever said they were offended so much as someone's like, you know, Troy, uh, there's, you know, it's, you probably shouldn't say that. And Troy was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. That's It seemed pretty low drama to me when I read his quotes. Okay, makes sense. Know. That was just... That was when I read his quotes. I thought, you know, I don't think Troy got pressured into it. I think Troy actually feels, but maybe not. I don't know. I I, I think less of it than if he. I, I I thought just assumed that he released a statement. I didn't know that he just. No, mentioned. it was just a normal interview. Maybe he even told the guys like, "Hey, give me, let me talk about this. Let me say something." Gotcha. But, um, he was minorly in the news. I would say Devonte is very in the news. Agreed. Devonte's like, how did this happen to me? <laughs> I know. I'm not that guy. And I think part of it is like Raider fans are going to get mad at this, but this guy's resume was pretty spotless, right? With the Green Bay Packers as a person. I mean, he was known for like taking pictures around town, like buying but is people this breakfast. Even a spot on his no, resume. I know, but it's like he comes to the Raiders and he fucking a guy's laying on the ground and he's getting charged. I mean, it's just it's you can say that all you want. He's he's getting charged. You know, he comes to the Raiders, spotless resume. If anyone's like, God, Rogers a little kooky, but this they got Devontae. He's like really stabilizing the place. Comes to the Raiders six games in, he's getting charged with assault, <laughs> leaving a devastating loss on Monday Night Football. Like that happened. I mean, it just it, it can't be argued that something about the Raiders. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll tell you, I mean, historically, they're a dysfunctional organization. And Derek hasn't changed that. And Josh McDaniels hasn't changed that. Nobody has been able to change the fact yet that they're a dysfunctional organization, right? And I know that's, that's I'm not trying to be, We sometimes we have some fun and get dramatic and whatever. But, I mean, that that is what the recent history is. Think about how they lost their last coach. Because the league was going after Dan Snyder and some emails came out, like, Somehow John Gruden got caught in that hole. I mean, think about how they caught, lost their life. caught guy. He was the story of the. Of- I mean, they weren't. <laughs> they didn't start with him. Somehow they ended up on him. That's how they I lost know. their last match. Because the Redskins were under investigation. Yeah, because Del Rio's team was in trouble. <laughs> it's just crazy. Over. And like, if we go through every team, every team has had insane stuff happen. It's just the nature of this. It's just the nature of it. It's Raiders have it. had more, I think, than a lot of teams. But they've had a lot. Yeah, they've. <laughs> <laughs> they have had more than their fair share an owner who literally everyone hates they did an investigation and the thing that came out of it was the Raiders coach was fired on Monday night football reported halftime by the end of the game he was resigned like that happened that's I would say the Gruden that moment was an underrated one of the craziest things happened in the NFL history in like my life of just following non like, you know, no one dying or, you know, just what, huh? And it's over. Just like, just like that. That was nuts. And part of it was like the guy had a hundred million dollar. Con- it was like a historic number. Remember like Mark Davis, 
stepped up to the plate, gave him a hundred million dollars. He didn't even have 30 million in the bank. You know? Yeah. Part of it is like, if I said to you, somebody has a 10 year contract, they lose their job. Like not even three and a half years in. Right. It was like, he didn't even make day games in the half. Yeah. Fourth year. So give me the, give me all the ways that that could happen. Like, well, Mark's not going to fire him for poor performance. He he likes him too much. He's not going to fire him after three and a half years. What's going to happen? Yeah. Like a terrible DUI where someone gets killed. Uh, Nothing like that, like beat his what you know, hit his wife. But I mean, it's not going to be. If I say it's not on field performance, then what would it like? Now you got to start going into some weird scenarios, right? Yes, falling out with the quarterback who's clearly great. The quarterback says, "Get rid of this guy," or I'm, you know, holding out or something. Maybe I guess I don't know. He thought someone was breaking into his house. Turns out the guy was just turning off his water and he shot him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just you start. They investigate Dan you, Snyder. You, you laugh, but I'm just milk. making things no, up. Like eventually, I, something like this could happen in the NFL. Like, hey, uh, assistant coach drives through Taco Bell naked. You'd be like, what? Like, actually, it happened like two years ago. You know, it's yeah, like you yeah. can just create these scenarios, and it's like so. Jameis Winston, there's a college football <laughs> player. He gets in trouble in college for a couple of different things. Can you name those things? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, no. The crazy part is a lot of the times, though, it's hard to actually get to what the reason was, and that reason's pretty nuts. Yeah. Right? He was just shooting all these emails. What was he saying? Who's he emailing? He's just on threads with Bruce Allen. So, Wait, like John Gruden actually shoots that many emails? I think the one thing that Mark has going for him in terms of maintaining control of the team, because some people attached to the thing you said the other day when you said if in 10 years somebody else owns the team, uh, you know, should they change the name based on something I've said for a few years that I do think you – you would consider it if you're a new owner. Um, but the league's going to be preoccupied with Dan Snyder for a while. The big ESPN article today, uh, we always like to guess the source guess. Now, this thing had like 30 sources or maybe more. Uh, I think it was 30 plus sources quoted in this story. Um, but which side wanted this Dan Snyder story out more? On My first reaction was, well, Dan Snyder wants it out. He wants the league to know you guys can't, don't try and, Robert Sarver, this team for me because I've got dirt on all of you and it's not going to be pretty. But did then, you like, read it? did you read it? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> like, how far down even I the have skin followed the you? reaction. I've heard some of the bits and pieces, but I did not read the article. Oh, you didn't click on the article. Um, you know, click, but so maybe you, so maybe I'm not the best person to give a perspective on it, but I've seen a good number. I've read a lot of the, like, you know, here's a synopsis of some of the things in it. Yeah. That's what I've focused on. And to me, they seem like things that Dan Snyder, if he's going to war, like burn the boats, no turning back, he would want out there that you guys just know. Like, Well, I think there's an owner's meeting in a couple of weeks, so maybe he wanted this out there. So like, are you guys going to vote me out in two weeks? Is that, is that vote going down? And it was reported today that the vote is not taking place. So maybe it was like, hey, motherfuckers, if you even are thinking about putting this thing on the docket, just know even if I'm lying, I have, don't have dirt on 31 of you. I got dirt at minimum on five or six of you, and I'm, I'm not. Af- I'm not afraid to sink some of you. You did too, you, Rog. Did you read it? Oh yeah, he mentioned Roger. Did you? No, read I, it or- I. Well, I started skimming. I realized it was going to be too long, and they hit some. You know, some of the hits off the top of the. The NFL is like a mafia. You know, Jerry Jones dumped. He doesn't support him anymore, and the he has Dan. Dan Jerry's Dan. Jerry was Dan's mentor and is no longer one of his big supporters. Yeah. And one of the things is he has PIs following all these people, which at first you'd say that's pretty nuts. And you go, who knows? Like, I don't think that's it's possible because if you're him and you are afraid to get booted, 
you would start taking some pretty crazy measures, especially when he followed his career. He's pretty nuts, right? Also, they've been digging through your emails. I mean, you do, do some counterintelligence, right? Yeah, that is true. He's been under investigation. I mean, literally by like the America. Then you have to go speak in front of the. Oh, that's right. It was the a committee. federal. Now, in fairness, like anyone who's clicked on one of those, com- it's not like the committee. I, I don't hold the committee in some fucking high regard when I, if you've watched enough of those, you're like, this is so stupid. These people screaming. Well, he didn't at each even other. show up, I don't think. No, I think he eventually had to. Oh, he did. Remember? Because at first like, it was like, I'm out of town. It's like, where is he? He's like, you're hanging on your yacht. <laughs> My schedule is unknown. I can't fit you guys in. Yeah. You know, it goes, let's just assume everyone hates him. Because I, I saw someone quoted today was like, you know, Dan's super paranoid. It's not that overblown. You know, the league is not actually the mafia. Because one of his things was like, every owner actually hates every other owner. And I think someone was like an unnamed source was like, actually, that's not true. They just all hate Dan. Mm. And I wonder if like the majority of them, some of them deal with them probably much closer than others. Some of them probably just think like, I, I don't even want to deal with this. Like I would hate someone that I was in business with, even if I didn't like, we just were profiting together, but we didn't interact that often. But if you started being a pain to my business, I would start turning on you. Yeah. Well, he's bad for the brand, for the shield, right? It's always about protect the shield. So you're always answering questions for that purpose. Who knows how many internal emails or whatever there is you're, as you're dealing with Dan and heat on Dan brings more eyeballs on you as you're trying to be. You know, kind of just we got we got the concussion thing dialed in. Let's let's just can everyone can we just stay out of the can the federal government stay out of everybody's? We got they're investigating craft. You know, it's just you just don't want to deal with this stuff at all. No, at all. You don't want the emails. You don't want the calls. You don't want the questions. And you don't want the attention. You don't want the negative attention on your business. It's a very small business, honestly, in terms of the number of people in charge. Pretty smart move to go. I swear to God, if you guys kick me out, I, I'm prepared to take anyone down that I can. And I, I have dirt. Because if yeah. I was in that situation, I'd be like, well, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> That's where you go be rabbit if you're Jerry Jones. Wouldn't you agree? I know everything we, this guy's about to say against me. Yes, Cheddar Bob did shoot himself in the leg. But here's the problem. And yes, I do live at home with my mom. In 2022, we have seen in the last half decade, people get booted in different sports. Yeah, I don't think you take stuff, that risk. No, and the stuff you're... It's not, I live at home with my mom. That's not what Dan Snyder has against you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I've been cheating on my wife for 60 years. If that's it, like, yeah, but is it something else? already, but yeah. One thing uh, Michael Lombardi said is, you know, there, there is no way he's going to get a new stadium built because no, the other owners are not going to help him. They're not going to support him. And they need a new stadium. Well, I've been there once. It's terrible, yeah. And that was a long time ago. Uh, they play Thursday night. If you're listening to this, you already know what happened. John, bad news. Do you know the Monday night game this week? Chargers Broncos. That's right. The Broncos will not. They refuse to go away from the national scene. That that game, though, blows this game out of the water. Would you agree? We'll see. But yes. But it's just Russell's a pretty good drama. Well, that's the, <laughs> the Chargers. It's going to be a three-point game in the fourth quarter. That's a stone-cold block. But I think the Broncos, even being shitty, are a good reality television they are. show. That is true. That is true. Uh, morning games, uh, Ravens-Giants doesn't sound good, but Giants are 4-1. and one. Uh, Bengals-Saints doesn't sound good. And hey, you, guy, you don't need to sell us. We're, we're good. Uh, I'm not selling you. I'm not selling you. I'm not selling you. P-Time? Uh, huh? I've been holding it for so long. Oh, P time. I had one more thing to tell you, and then you can go pee. Yeah. This is the second time in college football history this Saturday 
that there are three games featuring two teams that are 5-0 and or better. Tennessee, Alabama, top 10 matchup. Penn State, Michigan, top 10 matchup. All four of those teams are unbeaten, 5-0 and or better. Oklahoma State, TCU, also both those teams are 5-0 and and better. This is the second time in college football history we've had three of those games on the same day. Plus, you got USC, Utah on Saturday. Okay, let's – I'm I'm going Harbaugh. I'm going upset. I'm going Hypo in the upset. Okay, Tennessee. And I'm going Mike Gundy. Uh, Oklahoma State's good. I've watched them a couple times. Like they're they're good, bro. Well, TCU really could have lost to Kansas last week. Didn't Kansas quarterback get knocked out in that game? Jalen Daniels got hurt. Yeah, but the guy that came in, Jason Bean, played really well. Don't what's sleep the, on light pole. Uh, light pole. What's it? Leipold? What's his coach's name? <laughs> he's got he's got he's got the waist of a light pole though. He's in, he's in good shape. Um, Tennessee is a seven point under uh, seven point underdog. Do you know what that game opened at? Fourteen and a half. I saw Will Anderson said we're still the standard. Okay, that's okay. pretty good line. Uh, I think Tennessee's history, as long as I've known Tennessee, John, is to build it up only to watch it crumble. So I'm going to take Alabama this week. Don't sleep on Hypo, bro. I know. I just just did for you, fun because you did, took Tennessee. I'll take Alabama. Did you read the athletic article? I'll end on this. The athletic article on Josh no, Hypo. I saw it. I did not read it. He transferred into Bob Stoops' program. Stoops' first year, they went seven and five. In Oklahoma, had been really shitty. Right? Stoops takes yeah. over a bad Oklahoma team in 98, 99. Junior college transfer Josh Hypo. They go seven and five. That off season workout, you know, the spring. He's looking around the team, like sh- giving them a plan how we're going to win the national championship. And players on the team were like, Josh, bro, let's just just try to win like nine games, man. What wow. He was dead serious. They won the national championship. The point wow. of the article was like, he's a serious cat. Like this guy is not – he's been like this when when he was a 21-year-old JC kid. Yeah. I, 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 I think he's a pretty fucking good coach, man. I agree. I'm not I'm not denying that. I, and I think you can feel like, you know, um, this idea that like uh, the league needs the football team or the league needs the Raiders – like Tennessee is that like here's legend on here says Tennessee wins. I got a DM like 10 minutes ago. Pedro, longtime listener, moved to Knoxville three months ago for grad school. Team's looking great. However, do you think they look good enough to beat Alabama? Like I think ten- when Tennessee is good, it is a huge deal for college football. Like we say that in the NFL, I think it matters less for some of these NFL teams that aren't good right now. But in college, just because you're talking about 105,000 people, right? It's just the environment is incredible. So I'm rooting for Tennessee. I'll tell you that. I am rooting for Tennessee. Rocky top. All right. Later, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Have a great weekend.